Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One, two, three, four. Filled with fright. Jurassic right in ember light See Jurassic right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right See Jurassic right See Jurassic Park Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and today is a new episode of Park Experts, a segment where I chat with my guests about Jurassic Park, dinosaurs, and everything in between in a more casual setting than the season one and forthcoming season two episodes. So don those khaki shorts and don't forget your Hawaiian shirt, and let's dive in. This week's guest... Omar Najam. He's an extremely talented filmmaker, writer, performer, podcaster. He does popular music, the podcast. Thank you for questing and is a very dear friend. Now, <laughs> this, uh, this opening is going to be more casual than usual, which I mean, come on. It's a casual SGR. Let's make the intro casual. Uh, I was very excited to talk to Omar. I originally asked him if he wanted to come on and talk about the silliest potential Jurassic World 3 plot lines. Not that these would be any close to reality or happening, but more the idea of like, so Jurassic World 3 is set to film this month at Pinewood Studios. So truly, this is our last chance to just be like, what are the silliest, craziest, fun things we can come up with before we actually start to get concrete information? Obviously, in the summer, we're going to get the title reveal, not New Era, or maybe, I don't know, oh God, uh, and we're going to get a trailer 
Oh, that's so wild to think that we're going to get a trailer in like November or December. Oh God. So with that said, we, we do do that for a lot of the episode, which is super fun. Uh, we get into some wild territory, but also I hadn't really, Omar was a guest in season one and I, in really early season one, one of my very first guests, he's one of my oldest Jurassic Park friends, if not the oldest. Uh, so I realized that when we were getting together, I was like, oh, we haven't talked about Fallen Kingdom. We haven't, you know, it had been, we hadn't really caught up about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom properly. So that was a chance to catch up with that, to talk about our love of Laura Dern and Ellie Sattler and... I got to show him Battle at Big Rock for the first time. So it was so much fun to rewatch the film with somebody who hadn't seen it. So yeah, so pretty much we watch the short and then we go right in this interview. So without further ado, hold on to your butts and enjoy the show. We just came, we just came from, <laughs> from my, <laughs> from my living room to my living room I got to show you Battle of Big Rock. Yes. I mean, I got to show you, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to watch it together. Yes. You well, for, for me the first time, for yes. you the 78th. Something like that. <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean, you were on Sea Jurassic right very early because you're one of my oldest friends and oldest Jurassic Park friends. Yes. So I feel like, and I'll ask you thoughts on Fallen Kingdom in a minute because I don't feel like we've had a chance to really talk about it uh, after it came out. Mm-hmm. But Battle of Big Rock, first Jurassic World official canon short, takes place a year after Fallen Kingdom. What did you think? It's so good. Right? It's... I was like getting goosebumps. I was like, I've seen this 78 times. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, ugh. it It's... um, It's so funny because like we are in this like remix, like mixtape world now where we take like things from a few years ago and like figure out like new ways to appropriate like the visuals or the textures. Yeah. This did such a good job with like turning like the Jeep from Jurassic Park into like a camp. Yeah. (laughs) Like a camper. (laughs) Oh, totally. It's, it, it's like, it's kind of doing what we've always wanted in Jurassic Park, which is like spreading across, you know, normal people encountering dinosaurs. But kind of using images from it, it feels like the short it feels like the equivalent of it's like a rogue it's like the rogue one of like Jurassic where it's <laughs> right. like oh like we get the camper kind of action from Lost World yeah. and we get a little bit of like monster movie stuff from like JP3 yep, and yep. kind of a Jurassic World patina on it and it, it kind of feels like it's referencing a lot of the universe which feels like pretty you know cuz Jurassic World doesn't have quite the same like nitty gritty story group kind of style stuff yeah. behind it. So this, it feels like it feels like Colin and Emily Carmichael, who's going to mm-hmm. be right. Who's who wrote, cause they're shooting it in less than a month. Jurassic world three. So crazy. Like it, it, sh- it feels like they like really went back and like looked at all the movies. It's not this yeah. thing of like what filmmaker recently I felt like it was, it was that thing of like, oh, like you didn't like, I feel like people were joking about J.J. Abrams. It's like, did you even watch The Last Jedi? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, did you just read a post-it note like from your assistant, like of like what the key story beats were? And you're like, all right, uh, 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 they can talk to each other through like space and time and shit. And um, Luke's dead. Cool. <laughs> like, that's all I need to know. Right. Like, this feels like Colin and Emily like really like went back and watched The Lost World and 
you know, watch Jurassic Park three and, you know, yeah. it, it felt like a, a truly, I mean, what'd you think of that sweet logo up at the top, the, like where it turns into the dinosaur. So for a second, I knew that something was off and I was like, is it like a little like Easter egg where there's like, you know, where Sudan's supposed to be. It's actually like a, I don't know, like a skeleton or something like that. <laughs> and so I was confused. And then like the universal logo appeared and it started to turn. And I was like, it's, all one thing oh are they doing pangea <laughs> is universal studios like for jurassic park stuff pangea and i was yeah. like no but that doesn't quite like i get the reference but yeah, and then yeah. finally it turned and i was like i'm an idiot <laughs> of course of course it's the jurassic park like symbol but it's crazy it's almost wild that like they yeah, this is the first time they're doing they're like oh it's a jurassic world now yeah but i mean uh, you know to, to recap for people who don't I guess who haven't watched it yet, I guess, but just, you know, it's, it's such a nice little simple story. It's a family. Uh, I love that. It's again, like it's a family coming together, but they're, you know, of divorce and stuff, but they've Mm kind of come, it's like two kind of, it's a, I was going to say Adam's family, um, (laughs) uh, Brady Bunch kind of thing, you know, but like a more minimal version. Yep. Uh, and so that's kind of like a cool element. And then it's simply just, watching two dinosaurs in the wild kind of square off and then they're like oh shit we're yeah we're under the we're under the i mean i my favorite one of my favorite lines is when the dad uh is like oh this is just nature you know i yep. like it, it just also felt like it reminded me a lot of the original Jurassic park in a sense of like oh these are just animals we're kind of watching exactly it's it combines it will yeah it combines in a, in a great way the like the a core element of the Jurassic, the original three Jurassic Park films, which was like we, even if like we're curmudgeonly like adults should protect children from like the dangers yeah, yeah. of of the world. We've seen the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, we. Every child is a baby Yoda, mm-hmm. and we. I liked it a lot, and I and I it felt so right in here, especially with the setup of uh, they were Triceratops, right? Uh, the pseudoceratops. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say behind you, if you look on the second to go. top shelf. Of course. <laughs> How's it going, pal? <laughs> um, and the idea of like they come together to protect like the baby. Then when it turns, it's just it's so perfect and fluid of a parallel mm. where it's like then now we got like the parents have to protect like these kids. Oh yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have point. to necessarily be like a biological thing too. It's not like a weird sort of like, I don't know, birth of a nation like. Well, no, I mean, I feel <laughs> like know? I feel like the 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 divorce like the divorce um what would you even call that? Like, you know, the things that like a franchise has as like themes and like the motifs, motifs and yeah, stuff. yeah. Like divorce being a constant whether it's coming from divorce or or coming together or like but always always having that be like a very present thing in yes. Jurassic Park like so I like again it, it kind of avoids these purely being a biological thing it is, is sometimes it is the family that you make you know I mean Fallen exactly. Kingdom yeah. Macy is is a test tube you know yeah or, yeah test tube or uh, a Ripley from like alien resurrection, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I mean like the idea is like, it's even though we are compare like comparing the, the dinosaur family protection, it's yep. like, it's not purely biologically. Exactly. There's something just natural about like protecting, yeah. you know, those who need it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's almost like we get to distill down like the, like Jurassic Park has always existed outside of like the post Nietzschean like you know 
what what is like you know evil is because someone has power and they can mm. subject others to it and that's like how we define it in that way right it's just like who's more powerful so by def or so by you know connotation it's a term coined by people who are technically weaker than mm. the person in power and then that's who determines it and i like that in Jurassic Park, it's not like the dinosaurs aren't conspiring necessarily <laughs> to like, you know, I don't know, sell bad mortgage loans yeah, yeah. to like humans. <laughs> it's like it is this like are there are there creatures that are helpless and are gonna get attacked? Whoever helps those creatures, which is usually, you know, children in Jurassic Park, um that that's a hero. Whether it is, you know, Sattler, Grant, or a random dinosaur. Yeah. You're just like, hell yeah, dinosaur, you got it. <laughs> well, in, in the dinosaurs, they're never, it's never machinations. It's very much like of opportunity. Exactly. You know, the, the raptors turn in Jurassic World on the humans for a bit because they're like, oh shit, we've been, we've been hosed. You yep. know, they just realized that they were getting paid, uh, you know, they're female raptors. So they were getting paid, you know, 75 cents to the dollar <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the rest of their Jurassic World employees. And they're like, uh-oh, you know, yep. that's when they turn on all the soldiers. Mm -hmm. It's not like um, the dinosaurs aren't like a long game kind of thing. They're just no. more of like, like real animals. They kind of see an opportunity. Exactly. And, and that's why it. like when they attack, like, you know, folks we don't like, you know, <laughs> Nedry and everyone, we don't feel like that's like, hey, wait a second. There yeah. is that weird Spielberg sense of justice. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so, and this is so great because there is no... um like conscious villain in that sense. There's a human villain yeah. for us to get like lost in. This is just a pure little chunk of like Jurassic Park storytelling of we got to protect the kids from the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's like, yeah, it's, and it's almost, I think it's like in a way it's a perfect little short because they don't even, I don't know. They don't like, they don't try and like make an offhand comment about like the new blah, blah, blah corporation or something like that, you know? Mm hmm. You know, in that sense, like that is, you know, let these dinosaurs loose. It's like you maybe get the sense like you've seen Fallen Kingdom. OK, dinosaurs are out in the wild. And then that little like whatever that thing is, which is like as a sound person is just like with all the collection of voices like yeah. in panic or like <laughs> like they do that in so many. I think like Endgame did, did that this year or no, Infinity War. Infinity War, War in the beginning when yeah. it's all the Asgardian like help signals. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, mm, like whatever that is, whatever that's Prana. <laughs> Whatever that technique is, is like my favorite thing. So I like that this short did it. Yeah. And, but like you maybe get the sense that like, yeah, these are just dinosaurs out in the wild. And now finally people are starting to, uh, you know, connect with them. I mean, you know, we have yeah. coyotes in our neighborhood. I, I'm an exception to the rule because the coyotes live right there. But right. Uh, so I see them all the time. Yeah. But like most of the time, you know, you might see a coyote like once a month, like if dinosaurs were let loose in our world, like we wouldn't be seeing them every day. Exactly. They'd be hiding, yeah. you know? It's like the, the nature documentary fallacy, right? Where it oh. gives you the sense that everything is always happening in nature oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. you go out to the woods and you're like, this is kind of boring. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because they waited for a month. They got one shot. Oh you, know, like, <laughs> you you lying son of a bitch, David Attenborough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Your oh. brother would be so, no. <laughs> all right, But P. it really is. And I do, I love that aspect of this at the end when it's just kind of showing and also the different media that we capture it there's like so much potential there oh yeah what did you think of the little like um stock footage style like i love social it. media kind of clips and i love the one where it's like they're fishing and it's just like 
folks fishing. That's you my know? favorite one too. Yeah. Ugh. It's just like, that's great where it makes total sense. And it's something where I feel like we're now hitting like the end of fallen kingdom has gotten to a point where like when Grant first saw the dinosaurs and like collapsed now Ooh. we're that's the world <laughs> and not saying that everyone is having the same reaction right but it is that first like they're here you know <laughs> that's a really good point you are they're setting themselves up in a, in a scenario because it feels like the problem with jurassic park is that you know from that moment it's like we've been trying to recapture that moment yeah but you know the, the franchise was going in a more cynical direction of like you know, uh, ooh, ah, you know, right. Uh, J- JP3, uh, Grant's trying to show them stuff and they're not even paying attention, yeah. you know, because they're looking for uh, Eric, right? Ooh, yeah, Eric yeah. Kirby. Uh, Eric! Uh, As you know, he's just chucking like jars of dinosaur pee everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> you know, Jurassic World of like, oh, people are bored by dinosaurs. Yeah. But you, you bring up such a good point of like, we've finally by Jurassic World 3 we've gotten to a point where we can have first moments again for right. anybody the, yeah. the possibilities are limitless it's, oh that's such a good kind of like that's a, so cool I didn't even think about that it's like when um, it's it's kind of like how because I, I didn't like Jurassic World I was like how could people ever get bored of dinosaurs that's crazy but <laughs> it's blown my mind because I feel like we've gotten that way with movies in the last few years where people are just like, oh, another Star Wars. Yeah, it's yeah. like, wow, we've gotten to the point where we're just like, oh, I guess I'll go check out the new Star Wars film. Whoa. Whereas like, if you told people that in the 90s, you're like, hey, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. I mean, we did, you know, with the prequels. Yeah. But like, you know, if you pull someone special, aside yeah. in like 95 and you're just like, hey, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out in a few years, they would scream for like a month in excitement. And now we're kind of like that. But when you go to Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, and you see a stormtrooper, it's terrifying. <laughs> and I love that this is like in the park. Like I think this the third movie will will activate so well on this story of it was boring to go to the island. Yeah. People were over it, sales were going down, and suddenly now it's like it's as if like a new Star Wars came out, and you're like, maybe we'll go see it. And it's like, oh, also stormtroopers are walking down the street. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh God. That's so <laughs> that's so funny. You're because that plot of like people are sick of the thing so now we need to have the thing come back and justify its existence yeah like it's the same plot of skyfall it's the same plot of muppets it's like the the kind of at the time it felt like oh this is just a false premise in order to break in order to justify the existence of like rebooting it or remaking it or or continuing the story but we yeah you're right we're weirdly at a point now where that we are sick of Star Wars. We are like, we do want, we're, we are hat fine with Star Wars going away for three years. Yeah. We, um, everyone hates the Muppets now that they made a deal with Facebook and it's like, <laughs> God, can Daniel Craig just get out of here already? Right. So, whoa, that's so weird. Cause I remember, I feel like that was like such a thing that like all, like all of our friends and stuff were talking about being in the entertainment industry and being like, how could people be sick of our favorite things? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I guess we kind of are right it now. It was so ahead. Like, <laughs> I really can't wait to revisit Jurassic World now that like all this is like come out like a new spider-man a new spider-man movie came yeah. out and i was like i'm exhausted yeah <laughs> you know i'll go see it but i'm so tired i can't believe that that's like a point we've gotten to weird and so it makes it like i feel like now I'll, I'll, I'll like humanize and understand those characters so much more that are just like i'll go to the park but i've lived in i've lived in a universe where jurassic park has existed you know for yeah. so long yeah now i get it oh, weird. <laughs> so, but this is like and that's what i love it's like it's turning on its head where it's like now suddenly like the park has opened up and it's the world yeah so it activates on like the name of the trilogy and 
it is like from the short, you can see that it is a whole new experience and it, it's terrifying. And, but it throws us into like the sublime nature of what the park was intending to do to begin with. That's so. a really good point. I mean, yeah, I'd be curious to, re- I mean, Jurassic World has fallen to the bottom of my list, like mm-hmm. as far as like rankings goes. Right. So, but now that now I want to rewatch it now thinking with that frame of mind. It's so, yeah, man. Because <laughs> if I remember, you weren't too hot on Jurassic World when it first came out. I wasn't because I loved a lot of the cinematic stuff like the specific cinematic elements of Jurassic Park. Like yeah. that's a huge thing. And also I was being again luxury of of great things. I was like there's another Star Wars coming out and another million Marvel movies, so Yeah, Force Awakens know. was coming out later that <laughs> yeah. year. We had yeah. just seen Age of Ultron. Yep. I was just like I can <laughs> live off of all these great Thanksgiving dinners that are just being thrown at us. Ant-Man was coming out in a few weeks. Ant-Man was coming out in 2015. a few weeks. 2015. Which for me I was like San Francisco Marvel character. This is going to melt my face yeah and it did the shot that we got at the golden gate bridge i loved it um in the first one in a while but um but yeah i mean what did you think of fallen yeah what did you think of fallen kingdom so i texted you i think right after i got out of fallen kingdom no i texted you once i got back to my apartment oh, okay because i watched fallen kingdom rem- i feel like i don't i don't remember it was that. a real brief bit <laughs> but i was like let me sit with this for a second because jurassic world was a lot to process we all saw it together it was yeah. also like the hype too right where yeah, we were yeah. just like What's it going to be? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like Jurassic World is that is the same thing with like Force Awakens where it's like it's the first thing in 10, yeah, like 10 how 15 could it? years or whatever. And you're just like, I want the exact same thing. And you're like, but not that, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I walked out of Fawn Kingdom and it was just, I was like, that was the coolest movie I've seen in a long time because for me, it was new stuff but also was just like a 90s home alone with dinosaurs (laughs) and that just clicked so into place for me where i was like i'm just gonna go see a fun dumb movie with dinosaurs yeah and they did it with this crazy interesting uh african queen like chemistry between the characters Mm. that i didn't see in the first one initially but then I'm just like, yeah, they're like this interesting, like bogey, like Catherine Hepburn sort of like attack each other. They yeah, seem yeah. divorced, you know, in Fallen Kingdom, even though they just had dated or whatever. But no, I I love their dynamics so much more in Fallen Kingdom. It's so like and, Twister, and I, and you know, it like <laughs> made me it made me appreciate uh, Jurassic World more. I completely agree. Where I'm just like in seeing how it's like how they weirdly connect in that one and it, they still fall apart by the end yeah is i think a great story to like follow through it's like yeah that only lasted a few months <laughs> like all in all yeah they're they go hot but like but i also like that um i like that i feel like i think they did chris pratt a lot better in fallen kingdom too they made they kind of played on his I feel like he he's like a good listener in Fallen Kingdom. Like he's I, a much better yep. listener. Like in, in Jurassic World, he's he's there. He's trying to be Malcolm and like yeah. doom and gloom. But then Fallen Kingdom, he's like, I don't know what to think anymore. So I'm going to sit back and listen to people who who know better than me and just yep. be a helping hand. And I'm like, yes. I kind of like that dynamic. Because yeah. yeah, well, because I mean, the thing that I loved telling people is your original quote about Jurassic World and like the idea of it being the Harlequin romance. Like I've, I've mentioned that to so many people like Omar positioned it as this idea of like, uh, Claire is like this nerdy girl who got the like hunk. Right. Then it's the cover of like those, those romance novels. (laughs) And to me, like that dynamic was always 
I always kind of keep that with me. And I feel like it actually is more like that in Fallen yeah. Kingdom. Where really he's just there to like, who do you need me to punch, babe? You exactly. Know, like- yeah, a hundred percent. And he and he gets these great digs in that show like great comedy can show intimacy. And I love that moment where he's like, I just want to let you know that if I die, it'll it's all your fault because this is your idea. And then she's like, what? what? And he's like, hey, I'm just kidding. We'll be fine. And you know, like there's just like something so fun about that, like sense of trust and history that yeah, they obviously that's... couldn't have had in the first movie because, you yeah. know. Um, well, and also I think that is a great moment because that moment still plays in the movie, even though they used it in the trailer. Yeah. And I think that's like a good sign of exactly. a good moment, you know. And we also, they they made it like a Bond or a Bollywood film where like we get three locations and mm. three sort of like each act has its own kind of romp. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I really... It was like when the, when the volcano happened, I was like, wow, this is going to be the movie, huh? And it was like, end of act one. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we got two more of these babies? Yeah. And it was like, oh, you haven't gotten to the mansion yet. I was like, oh, take me to the mansion. Let's go yeah. to the mansion. No, yeah. And it, I think that's why when people say it's kind of like... I mean, I understand that it's uh, um, superficially it is playing off of more Lost World kind of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, past guest, our friend Annie Wilkes, like her and uh, she really made made me appreciate Lost World more of it's kind of has that King Kong uh, structure of like, yeah, one half is this one half is that. But this is not half uh, island, half mainland. It's truly uh, it's like island boat mansion yep you know yeah because there's there's like a huge there's like two huge two huge moments or three huge moments happen on the boat i mean yeah you see the brachiosaurus dying yep you, you see them stealing rexy's blood and then you see the like my favorite sequence like i mean obviously like all my favorite jurassic moments are mostly in the first one but i would say rescuing blue intercut with the footage of blue as a baby is is in my top like top three Jurassic moments. Yeah. Like for this fifth film to like have a moment that is elevated to me cinematically with the original movie, I think is like really, I don't know. I think it's really special. The Owen's character has now been so, since I've been able to sit with Jurassic world and I just, I get to gobble up fallen kingdom, um, has, has burned in my brain so deeply that when I was watching, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, and I'll, I'll say this without giving too much of any spoilers that could possibly pop up. But <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But. Uh, Brad Pitt's character has a dog. Yeah, and he clicks to the dog, which is you know just basic training stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you might even get the sense that like this dog might have been like a TV dog at some point oh, or something, possibly. Um, but when he like does that with his dog, and he clicks about like food and like points to like go eat the food and stuff like that, I'm like. Uh, it's like a Jurassic World thing, <laughs> and it's so funny to me. Like they, that's now my point of reference. That is, is like funny. Owen and Blue. Where I'm just like, well, but it's a boy and his dog. You but know? <laughs> I mean, so many people do the like museum. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, people can't see this on the podcast, but you know, when it's like the holding the hands out mm-hmm. thing has become sort of like a meme for adult nerds who go to uh, um, Natural History first, Museum first Fridays at Natural <laughs> yeah. History Museums like that's our jam you know hold on let me do this to the skeleton it's like, so you have to leave your bear outside it's like oh I was planning on doing that I need both hands free for this one <laughs> yeah yeah I'm gonna crawl over the, the barrier and set <laughs> yeah. off the alarm what were some of your favorite moments in the film and least favorite moments I let's see here um, let's just I mean going in no particular order I suppose a uh, great moment watching it as a human being. My dad, when um, the Bacchusaurus dies and 
it, it, you just see like it's it's perfectly done because like you only get enough and your brain has to fill in the rest right? yeah, yeah. which is like the scott mcleod understanding comics <laughs> sort of like that's how you you know get audiences sucked in um i love that because my dad just turned to me and looked at me just like like what what the hell and i was like oh yeah and also just so you know like they confirmed that that is like the the original dinosaur you've ever seen in jurassic park you know <laughs> and my dad was just like too sad <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then, like, maybe 10 minutes passed, and they're, like, in the boat trying to, like, sneak around, you know, or actually, and then suddenly my dad turns to me again and goes, too sad. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you did it. You did it, gang. Like, yeah. yeah. My dad's brain is trapped. (laughs) That was was my thing, and I've said it. I said it before in this podcast, but, like, to see people crying over, like like a dinosaur dying is like you understand what i feel exactly (laughs) it's like the moment where they all look and it's like that that pause sort of that you know um unwritten moment of silence it's great because i feel like jurassic world has moments that should have been that but there's so much going on it's a lot for you to absorb and it's I mean, it's it's very it's terrible to see it because it's so sad. But it's great that we it does feel like again like Fallen Kingdom was able to be like caught the ball in the net, mm. and I'm like that's great. And now I remember like all the dinosaurs dying because of the IRX. Oh yeah, yeah. Retroactively, in my mind, it also becomes so sad because I saw everyone react in this movie. You know. Well, and I th- I mean I I also would say that the the Apatosaurus's death moment in. Uh, Jurassic World is my favorite moment in that movie as well, too. But it's like, practical head, right? Yeah, it's the practical He's head like holding it. Yeah, but, but I think there's something very like sinister about that moment. Like this, there's because it's like you stumbled upon a the the crime scene. Yes, where it's like there's more of a reverie and like, uh, you know, the idea of like setting these new movies on Isla Nublar to like show it be destroyed. You know, it just plays yeah. more into it's you know, killing Han Solo. It's like, yeah. And, but I think that they, unlike killing Han Solo and force awakens, which some people didn't like because it focused more on what it means for Kylo Ren versus mm-hmm. losing this beloved character in a way, fallen kingdom really like, tre- like soaks it in too sad, you know, like, yeah, really, like treasures that, that, um, tre- not treasures, but like, yeah. Tre- I mean, or milks, you know, yeah. like, it, but it like, to me, it gives it the, the, uh, I don't know. It's very like it gives it to me what I want out of that moment. I, I guess I should say. I agree. Like it, <laughs> they do a great job, and it's so hard with genre stories to do this. There's a great job of actions, decisions, and then consequences. Mm-hmm. And it like getting that pace is like so difficult because like also lots of times like we know this path, right? Like yeah, yeah. a lot of it is kind of cut out. It's not like a you know the Irishman. You're just like at any point, you're like I don't know what's gonna happen, <laughs> or you know uh, I got two hours left. What's right, gonna exactly. happen? Yeah, you're just like anything could <laughs> anything could fall out of this you know Santa's bag of of cinematic gifts here. <laughs> Similarly with Cats, when I went to go see it, I had no idea because I'm not that familiar with the musical. No, I mean I didn't know when it was gonna end. Oh yeah, so yeah. They would do like a song, and it was just like sing, and then memories happens. And I'm like, that's right, that's the end. And it wasn't. I was just like, oh yeah. Okay. So, so we we did a we did a per <laughs> uh, percast with um, Chris Permonte, uh-huh. uh, and because you know he's an expert, and but Sarah and I were both like, we were yeah. It was like 
especially closer to the end of the film, a lot of the things feel like endings. Like yeah. when Judy Dench looks at the camera, I have expected it to go to black, you yeah, know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Cats are not dogs. The end. Yeah, Cats. Yeah. And Whoa. Like, oh. like, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. yeah, this movie, I mean, the movie goes where it, it's supposed to go. It yeah. never really felt... I, I don't know. It didn't feel like that predictable to me. Like, or, right. But I, I guess I didn't, wasn't really thinking about whether it was predictable. They also not. like, it, it seems like they're front loading a lot of stuff, but that's only because like they can keep doing different things. Yes. So like, yeah. Cause people were complaining of like, man, it was so short on the Island, but I feel like that to me is almost the least interesting part of the movie. Right. We got the Island Rob Cause they were just like, here's the lava in this like facility. Yeah. And that was crazy to me. It was like lava and dinosaur. Problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, constantly hashtag like, having, lava and dinosaur problems <laughs> lava and dinosaur problems and then like they get on the boat and there's like all that going on and we get we see that these characters do care so much about you know which to me is refreshing because two and three were very much like our main characters don't want to be there so it's, right. it's nice that like we finally get a movie where people want to be there I mean we start one of my favorite scenes isn't even like a dinosaur heavy like in terms of seeing them in visual effects, it's when they're in like that phone bank, right? Like when they're in um, Claire's like company building. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just is like some startup, <laughs> and you meet everyone, and they are just like the folks who are just like you know calling and trying to raise money and pressure senators. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I could totally see you working for that company. A hundred percent. If they existed, I'd be like, yeah, we got to see the dinosaurs. <laughs> You're, you, you are like, you are, you always kind of just pat Justice Smith on the Smith on the back whenever Daniela Pinita like rips him, but then you're secretly like, hey, hey, you know, yeah, like yeah. bouncing elbows with Daniela. Like you're like, oh man, like you got him good today, you know. And it also sets up, and I did love this about Jurassic World is like we did get a good amount of characters that aren't action characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like Claire was never set up for success in Jurassic <laughs> World, so every time she got it, it was so heavily earned. Yeah, yeah. And um, in I love that it's like when you meet the core characters of this movie. It's a bunch of folks in like a startup, like well, third yeah. story office building in San like, Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah. And you're like, we're sending them from Ninth Street. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> well, uh, it's a thing of like I was pointing out to some like more like Jurassic community members of like because there is people who don't like uh, Justice and Daniela mm-hmm. Franklin and why, why can't I remember her name right now? I always, I'm just so excited because she's playing Faye Valentine, yeah, in Cowboy Bebop. But beca- and he was in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and I wonder if, unfortunately, because of John Cho's injury, that they, you know, because they pushed back the filming like seven of, months. Yeah. But I wonder if that allowed her to come back for Fallen Kingdom, because her, because her and Justice were kind of the last people announced to come back for Fallen Kingdom. Right. So it's like I wonder if like Opens she a quick window. Yeah. Was like yeah because I, th- I mean personally I think and we'll dive into Jurassic World stuff in a second, but like. I'm fine with them kind of having like a Lex and Tim style, like Lost World cameo where like, because they, their story wasn't really central to the narrative of Fallen right. Kingdom, but I would like to see that they're still out there kicking ass, like doing, I like, I, I'd like to feel like they just like call, they call Claire constantly like, Claire, what do we do now? Yep. You yeah. know, like um, Zia, I don't know why I couldn't remember her name, um, but uh, some of the dress community didn't really like them as much, but I only think that's maybe because it's our first millennial characters in this franchise. Right. Because we either get like adult adults or we get children. Yeah. So to have people who are our age, essentially, or, you know, early 20s, 
or like mid twenties. I don't know. Yeah. How old they are. But like, <laughs> it's like, to me, it was cool. It's like refreshing to have, it was refreshing to have like people who, who actually would want to be in this kind of adventure. And it, there's something that's so funny about the conflict when you get like the villains on the island and they're just like, you know, yelling at Owen and then Zia talks and they say something and Zia's like snap back and, yeah. they're, and they're just like, Oh yeah, this genre hasn't gotten your characters a lot. We don't know exactly how to like, like he looks a little like off, but where he's like, "Well, you, you, you're all come with me then." You know, like, you're right. There's like a meta meta idea of like, <laughs> and I think that's actually now that you say that, that's really cool because I think Ian Malcolm was kind of a um, a meta genre busting character yes. in the original Jurassic yeah. Park. Like you you. You have your like Bill Pullman style, like it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. But like in those genre movies, you don't really get the character who actually like, you know, Malcolm was commenting on the very nature of the movie itself. Yeah, you know? uh, it's usually someone who's like so pessimistic and is just like, yeah, our yeah. chances of survival are zero point zero seven. Whereas like Ian was just like, well, if we want to do that, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it felt very natural, and that's why I think I liked uh, Franklin and Zia because it's like. You have a character who's scared, but it's like, but they still rise to the occasion, yes. which is like kind of that thing of like, you would hope we would all do. And then I like the idea of like, I don't have a lot of experience, but I have a lot of um, conviction, like yes. like Zia, yeah. where it's like, like her backstory where it's like, she went to college to train to work with dinosaurs. And when she graduated was right when Jurassic World happened, <laughs> yep. which is like a metaphor for when we graduated, literally in the worst. Yes. We, we, yeah. we graduated during the worst recession, like, uh, um, or I guess, well, I graduated a year before you, but the, those two years they were, were some of the worst. And yeah. like, you know, that's like what, I mean, imagine you're going to college, you, uh, Danielle, the dinosaur ambulance is coming. Um, <laughs> like, Zia is in college for what, like four years and yeah. maybe does like a two year master's program and is like, cool, I'm finally ready to go to, to Isla Nublar to work yeah. with dinosaurs. Poof, the incident when the, the Indominus Rex is let on the loose. She's like, ah, shit. You know, like <laughs> I went to school all this time. Why don't she get a more practical job? Right. You know, her parents. Yeah. And it's like, no, thanks. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Your greed was the undoing of my degree. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I like that you have. I liked in Fallen Kingdom, you got a lot of different perspectives on yes. like another thing I was, I think we talked about once or something, but like, like the idea that like millennials, children, uh, military people, government people, uh, there's a whole, you know, a whole co like Congress meeting scene. Yeah. Russian gangsters. Everyone's talking about dinosaurs with a straight face. Yeah. It's like, this is this again. This is like my world, like where everyone takes it seriously. Yeah. At, at face value in a way. It's so like RoboCop in that way where you're like a robot cop and they're like, <laughs> yes, run. <laughs> you're like, this is really happening. Don't you dare break the law. Um, you know, I think there's like a line with, um, what's his face? Uh, Toby Jones, where he's like, "Oh, this dignitary like wants a baby triceratops for his nephew or something." Yeah, it's just like ah, like this is so cool. It's so, it's just so bonkers. To, yeah, to to get to see like a full fabric of what we would do. I like that a lot. In terms of like, we get a ton of folks who just want to keep everything status quo, even though it's been disrupted. Yeah, you know. You have no choice. The volcano, right? Yeah, and then yeah. like that, you know, that happens, and then so it's just like that forces the hand of us seeing people who would be interested in other with other motivations. Like, how can I use dinosaurs? Mm. And 
you know, getting CBD Wong, of course, the golden star of <laughs> Jurassic Park franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was, I think when I texted you, you texted me his quote. Uh, from the movie. Oh yeah, this is not a sprint, Mister Mills. It's a marathon. <laughs> a marathon sounds expensive. And then the other line was, uh, you know, and then what you get is art. Yeah, it, with the two percent, right? Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is art. You know, it's just like, ugh, I love that we're here. You know, we yeah. Jay Biona, I think, to some people's chagrin, I I really appreciated the more kind of. I mean, operatic, yes. you know, when the, when the Indominus is on the rooftop and it's like full Dracula, like yep. werewolf, like monster movie, like it's universal studios. You know, this is like, this what? is the new universal monster. <laughs> right. they, they do like, um, like a minion style animation of the Indominus, <laughs> like just kicking the shit out of like the other, like, you know, like the mummy and Frankenstein and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I mean, it, it, and the minions, it, it is, a, it is a joke, but like the universal studios commercial for the Jurassic world attraction is that they're shooting oh, yeah, you're right. a That's wild a- west movie and then like a astronaut runs by and then you look up and then there is like the irx like chasing you down yeah yeah um which is yeah it's also that attraction is the most terrifying thing i've ever been on in my entire life <laughs> it's so good it's so well done i they actually just as of this recording it has been closed down for like a week or two interesting they to- were just just fix some stuff up I'm you know sure they opened it in a hurry so they're like yeah let's take some time in december when people probably aren't going to be riding it that much it's cold out it's in pretty LA. cold yeah. yeah yeah cold in quotes that upstairs must be so much upkeep oh yeah well in the harry potter yeah that yeah they gotta lay the snow down every day <laughs> that's so great they gotta drive it in <laughs> they gotta truck it in from Big Bear. <laughs> Lay the snow down. It's a two-hour drive. But yeah, I really I and I, I love the mansion stuff a lot because it returns it back to this sort of bottle episode feeling of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Where the we kitchen. get a lot of this stuff, but yeah, it just suddenly we have to stop everything and focus on our survival for the next five minutes. Yeah. And that's just such a blast. And just like the clawed arm coming out of like the cage bars and stuff, you know? Yeah. It really does feel like, uh, I think they cracked it because I think it's hard for, it was hard for us to figure out from Lost World onwards who the villain of these stories are. Mm -hmm. And this one, I I mean, honestly, Jurassic World's Irex was terrifying. Yeah. Was a great movie villain. Like, was a great movie monster, I should say. Yeah. But I think that they just found, even if it's not the specific personality, the aesthetic of what the Jurassic Park villains are. And it is just a universal monster, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's like the Phantom of the Opera, but it's a dinosaur <laughs> at the top of the roof. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it I think they're in, a, you know, I think that they were going to they could have played it up a little bit more. But uh, I was seeing some concept art of like the Indominus Rex is like a version one and it's like broken. So you actually like, Uh. it's like having trouble. Like it's, you know, it's like been this freak of nature kind of thing, like Frankenstein style, like assembled, you know, but I, I think that would have made it too sad almost. Yeah. Cause I'm already feeling pretty bad about the eye Raptor, um, in a way like the, just like that, the conclusion of that character is pretty wrenching. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think they, they still wanted you to root against it. You right. Know? Cause if you're like seeing this like monster, that's like, you know, like, like it's like, um, I forget what the exact concept are, but it was something very like, like you see it's like skin is like barely holding on or something, you know, Yikes. cause it's like, 
like again the like alien resurrection style like you see the versions of ripley yeah what did you think of the cloning and all that stuff that was i thought a great step forward for the franchise for me it feels very Crichton. it does that's it it feels right and the the reveal of it too without it being like we get all the mad science bd wong stuff which i love this creepy pristine (laughs) lab and Jurassic Park has always had that, where it's like a nice lab like, filled with light blood. This light is so blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we go from that to this insane, horrifying discovery that is it's really well married to an emotional moment, which is, I forget her name and I'm kicking myself, but the caretaker. Um, Iris. Iris, who is like, Iris is like, but I've been with her the whole time. He's like, you're fired. <laughs> and that is such a, her sadness coupled with the reveal is a great sucker punch. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, yeah. it's cause it, it just, it humanizes something so much. Like, again, like we, we care about dinosaurs in this cause the characters care about dinosaurs in this. And to see Iris cares about like a child mm, also, point, you yeah. know, like someone, it's yeah. not just like, and you too are a science experiment, <laughs> you know? It's, yes. That's yeah, you're right. It's not, it's kind of, it, you know, there, I mean, there literally is a moment where they mirror the Indominus, or the uh, the Indoraptor and the and Macy like in the mirror, you yes. know, and it's like, oh, but they're not doing it where they're the same exact thing. Yeah, it's like she's like the positive the positive version of how right. one would a creature like that would be creature like a clone like that would be raised, you know, in this very nourishing yeah. environment. But they're ultimately it's a lie. And then you have like the brutality of like the Indoraptor being in the cage, but it's like they were both in a they were both in a cage, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, there. It's also like when you see both of them together, it is so scary for her because it's like, what am I? Am I a monster? Am I an abomination of nature? Yeah. And that is such a great. What a treasure trove, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to give to an actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was great. Isabella Sermon like truly stole the show. Knocked in that movie. out of the freaking part. Everyone did. In this yeah, movie, yeah. But I know? and I do love that we get the because the villain story in movies. I mean, think about the Hobbit, where you just have to cut to a, a random orc being like, "Fuck uh, humans," you know? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I guess. But <laughs> <Right>. it's like, <laughs> with, but Isabella Sermon, we get to learn the villain storyline or like the kind of mechanization of the of the overall plot, but we get to learn it through the eyes of a little girl. It's like, yes. I feel like uh, Colin and Jay Bayona and stuff, they like really cracked the idea of like, you know, in these stories, you have to have it's it's like the original Lord of the Rings. It's like, well, let's just give Gandalf the exposition because he's old. Right. And Ian McKellen will knock it out of the park. It's like I felt like they really figured out a good solution to like a problem that kind of these kind of blockbuster films have where it's right. like, all right, if we have to show the villains like talking about, you know, uh, weaponizing the dinosaur, it's like, but let's have a little girl see that and be like, what would she think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's it's a great because we get used to it, you know, yeah. as like adult viewers. And for us specifically, yeah, yeah. like we saw Jurassic Park, and, you know, when we were kids. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters because my parents were, like too scary. We I saw it in VHS and it still terrified me <laughs> so much. And it's great to have, even if we're not experiencing that exact sentiment, to to see it through those eyes again. Yeah. You know. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, and I think in a way that's what these movies are doing is like we can watch the old King Kong, but these movies in a, in a fascinating way, throw us back into that experience, 
even though That's it's all new. I want. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you're just looking at nostalgia or you're looking at the context. But this is like, this is what it felt like when the Universal monster movies were coming out. And there's, yeah, you know, people, people watch those movies in the what, 50s? Yeah. And they yeah. were like, oh shit, that movie yeah. is scary. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, it's just like, you can't deny that there were people affected by those at the time. Exactly. But it's funny because. As Jurassic Park goes, it's the one movie that kind of has held up mm-hmm. weirdly. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe somebody in twenty years will say that the effects look bad. I don't know. Sure. But yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But I might be biased. Right. Yeah. It's it's so tough for us. It's so tough for us. Well, this is the point where I want to and why. I mean, I wanted to catch up on a lot of Jurassic mm-hmm. things because we haven't talked Jurassic in a while, uh, in a in a in a longer way on a podcast um <laughs> but in a way to kind of celebrate jurassic world 3 it starts filming uh sometime in february mm-hmm. we haven't got an exact start date but bryce Dallas howard is already in london i mean colin and, and emily are there already obviously um i believe sam neil laura dern and jeff goldblum arrive in april that's amazing but i don't know if they're arriving in pinewood or like somewhere else right um we don't know anything about the plot. I mean, or I mean, as far as like dinosaurs are out post battle at Big Rock. Right. Like, what are the things we know? Um, uh, human cloning is possible. Yeah. Human cloning is possible. Uh, Bryce Lewis Howard, Chris Pratt coming back. Isabella Sermon and B.D. Wong are listed as coming back, but there wasn't. I feel like they haven't. Ha- there wasn't like an official press release that they were uh-huh. back. I'm assuming Blue and Rexy are coming back. Have to be, yeah. I mean, you saw them walking off. At, you saw Blue was was hanging out with E.T. Yep. That was the, the suburbs where E.T. <laughs> takes place. So yeah. Blue's in L.A. Like, what if they, like, come back to Blue? She's been living in L.A. for, like, three, for three years. <laughs> just like, uh, I got to... I'm in the background on Big Bang Theory. That's all I could get. And, <laughs> but, I, you know, I worked my way up from stand-in to, like... Um, but um, I gotta go to commissary really quick. Grab yeah. grab some copies for some producers. Uh, <laughs> I saw Ashton Kutcher at um, at Intelligentsia the other day. No. Oh, uh, oh, that's actually yeah. something that happened to me. When I first went to LA. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Danielle Pineda and uh, Justice Smith are coming back. Uh, Laura Dern is coming back in a major role. Great, confirmed by Colin, not a cameo. So that doesn't necessarily speak for. Uh, Goldblum and Neil. Right. But Jeff Goldblum has said that his role is bigger than the one in Fallen Kingdom. Sure. Um, oh, wait, just really quickly. What did you think of his little kind of narrator bookend style kind of it piece? Grew, it's like for the movie, it definitely like sets tone. For Ian Malcolm, it's the greatest confirmation of his future. Yeah. You know, like it's just like he was just like, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It was, it was just like the perfect continuation for that character without it being like sort of like uh you know like the most glorified possible like he's the rock star and he yeah. comes in he's just the Tony Stark of this universe. Yeah. I love that he was just like I, don't know, I told you. Yeah. You're right. It, it's like a per- it's like kind of just this little bit of like slam dunk. Yeah. You know? Um let's see what else do we know about Jurassic World 3? Uh, we know that they are going to film a little bit in Hawaii again. Great. But it's so funny because everyone's like, does that mean they're going back to Nublar? Are they going to do Sorna? Like, I'm like, what if Hawaii is just Hawaii in this Yeah, movie? they just go to Hawaii. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of a great, um, that would be like a great, like, final capper to Hawaii. Be like, thank you for your stand-in yes. service for these two Jurassic Islands for all these years. Now you actually get to be Hawaii. You're Hawaii, yeah. Like, I would like, I would think that would be a great, um, like, 
honor to Hawaii in a way yeah. or something. Um, there's, um, I can't pronounce their names very well, Mamudi Athi. Uh-huh. And um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. Because there's two new actors that have been announced that are supposed to have like bigger-ish roles. Um, uh, Mamudi Athi and Dewanda Wise. Awesome. Uh, Mamudi Athi, I just saw him in Underwater. He has oh, a great. great role in Underwater uh, with Kristen Stewart. And then Dewanda Wise was in Spike Lee's uh, Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It. Great. Yeah. So um, Great series. Yeah. And then Colin Trevorrow directing yep. it again, returning from Jurassic World. Uh, and Emily Carmichael is co- co-wrote the script. So I wanted to play this game of like, what are the most ridiculous... Before we know anything about the movie, this sure. is like, we're in a perfect little moment where before we know anything about the movie, what are the most ridiculous plots that we could possibly have? Great. And so I wanted to throw a couple of ridiculous plots at you. Toss them at me. Because, you know, I, I'm not somebody who really likes to... Speaking of Colin Trevorrow, like, I don't like to dwell on things that could have been of like people like, yeah. oh, the Star Wars 9 script that he wrote could have been great and all this stuff. It's like... But if we like, I mean, that's what fan fiction is for. Like, we can live on in these ways that we want. But yeah. sometimes to dwell on it, it like, I feel like it's counterintuitive to just kind of approaching the narrative for what it is. But with that said, sometimes it's fun to like, you know, dream a little bit. You know. Yes. Um. So the first one, and I feel like if Jurassic World three wanted to go full Godfather two, <laughs> Mamma Mia two. You have a dual timeline okay. where something is happening in the present. And obviously, mm-hmm. and Omar is a great storyteller and a writer and filmmaker. So I feel like you'll appreciate these, like, thinking about the structure of these movies. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, So yeah. think of it's a dual timeline. Something is happening in the present, maybe with Blue and Macy. There's, like, something is happening, but the answer is in the past. So you have a dual timeline where you have... Uh, because there's a moment in Fallen Kingdom where... Um, talking about like Macy's mom, like she would have saved them all. Yeah. So you flash back and you have the original Macy's story from the past. And somehow what she's doing in the past is playing concurrently and somehow the people from the present, you know, Claire and, and, and Owen and, and our original heroes from Jurassic Park, somehow original Macy's story plays into saving the world in the present. Great. I don't know if they're going to do that. Don't right. think they're going to. I don't think they've got the budget for that because like I think even people have been saying like, oh, are they going to like de-age the three and like have a scene set in the original? Like because the de-aging thing is all the rage today. Mm. But I just don't think Universal's got the. But I mean, yeah, couldn't don't you think that could be like a cool thing? That would be amazing. Like that would elevate like a Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> just it would just it would die. It would also like you said earlier, like it would make it like feel very Crichton. Not that Crichton was like, here's like my gimmick, you know, per book. Yeah. But like timeline. Yeah. Played with that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? It, it would it would dive deeper into sci-fi. Yeah. Well, and so Isabel Sermon's a redhead. So what adult redhead would you get to play adult Macy? Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of great redheads running around right now in Hollywood. I just yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be exclusively a redhead, but like sure. <laughs> I mean, I just love Chastain so much. That was my first choice. Okay, great. <laughs> if, if you're going to go older, like yeah. if Macy was in her like th- late 30s, 40s when when she died, supposedly, yeah. or but I feel like they'd probably skew younger, maybe. Yeah. Like maybe like um, a Natalie Dormier. Oh, she would be great, actually. But yeah. Or um, um, Karen Gillian. Karen would be amazing, of course. Can you imagine her running around Isla Nublar in the 90s? 
and they like recreate all the sets from that would be mind blowing. And then if you're able to connect it with just like this, this, the flashback scenes or like the not flashback scenes, but when they visited the old campus, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, in, in Jurassic World, and you just like pull one or two of those things in where you're just like, here's the Jeep, and that's why it got parked or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and we just left it. That would be really cool. Karen would be really fun. Yeah, I think she would make it really fun. Yeah. I think Jessica Chastain would obviously add a lot of gravitas to it. But yeah, I think not to say that Karen Gillian because fucking Nebula was incredible. Yes. But, uh, you know, I think it'd just be a different kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sophie Turner, of course, also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's my first ridiculous. Love it. It's great. Um, Maybe this isn't as ridiculous. I wrote, but go kind of Planet of the Apes style because people are like, how are dinosaurs going to take over the world? You yeah. don't need like 20 escaped at the end of Fallen Kingdom. So you have full Planet of the Apes. Maybe there's a disease, something with Blue and Macy. Do you think like, or and also my question, these are ridiculous, but also what is the plausibility of something like that? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Because what is the plot of Jurassic World 3? Like dinosaurs are just loose, but like, what's the actual like plot? The story, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's like the thing that would like drive you through all the beats? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Where it's like it's essentially like an outbreak. Yeah, something you know? about the dinosaurs is causing a disease that is now affecting the humans negatively. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. It, that's a that's a fun like science procedural. Yes. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a medical mystery. And the enemy doesn't have to be like a laughing maniacal villain. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like Wu, like le- like is the one responsible, or right? Something. And then just like pulls- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I mean, also like we would be able to like have Wu like be a a, a big player in that too. Yeah, you know? and just be like, I gotta figure. I know I'm evil, but <laughs> let me figure it out. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. the only one smart enough to solve this, crack this case. Ooh, I like that. He kind of gets redeemed a little bit because mm-hmm. at the end of Fallen Kingdom, he was kind of annoyed that they took his. Indoraptor away from him. Yeah. Huh. That feels, this feels, this next one, Uh because you spoke about Malcolm a second ago. What if Malcolm goes like full villain of like, we have to destroy these dinosaurs? I, I mean, it would, it would be great to see Jeff Goldblum play that. What an but what an insane turn on our known nostalgia of like <laughs> right. like this character like that like get yeah, it's like making Luke turn to the dark side or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Malcolm. Evil, Not evil, but ju- you know what I mean? But just Malcolm like Malcolm solved it. And it's just like Malcolm's like, we can't, it won't work. Like it's either us or them. Yeah. And it, because at the end of Fallen Kingdom, we let everything out of the box. Yeah. And he's like, what are you guys doing? You know? It would also be great. This isn't evil Malcolm necessarily, although it's not necessarily exclusive either. But if we, Ian's got a bunch of kids. Yeah. And I would love just to see like post college kids, dad. Ian, you know, like, just... look, Vanessa is working and doing hilarious stuff in L.A. in the comedy and yep. acting scene. I, we said, let's throw Vanessa back. in. Yeah. Maybe she also joined in Lex's footsteps and became a hacker as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be pretty cool. She's got a face off against dear old dad. <laughs> we can't wipe out these dinosaurs. It's part of our. All right. Full. I 
uh, Becca Canote. Okay. We were joking about this right when the first Jurassic World came out. Sure. The movie should have ended with Wu injecting himself with dinosaur DNA. And it's like, and like it's a close up on his eye as it like <laughs> it turns, sh- turns into, into a dinosaur eye. Like, <laughs> and like that's the final scene or like that's the post credit scene or whatever. So like uh, yep. full on human mixing with dinosaur DNA. Jurassic I mean, World 3. Boom. That card's been on the table since 20, 2009. I think was like oh the JP four script yeah yeah, yeah 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 the John yeah. Sayles script yeah that yeah that truly was humans and dinosaurs mixing the hybrids so I mean since cloning worked that card is on the table and it would be satisfying to me someone who like was keeping track of all that stuff <laughs> when I first was like interning at like a development studio <laughs> of just like are they gonna do this and it gets pulled off right you know <laughs> and it. It, it, you bring up a good point of like uh, um, the dinosaur movies have a lot of temptations to yeah. go down paths that maybe aren't high art per se, but right. it's like, it's right there. We yeah. can, we can mix some humans and some dinosaurs. We can have some fun. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so who knows? Um, I actually picked six things and I have a bonus. Uh, mostly because the sixth thing is possible because um, anyway, my favorite thing, because my big thing is like, how are they going to bring Laura Dern back? She's not if, if it's not a major if it's not a cameo, it's a major role. They have to do some work in order to show where she got from the end of JP3 yep. uh, to today. Yeah. And I forget what movie I saw, but what's a job for a former paleo- paleobotanist? What's a job for somebody who went through the experiences of Jurassic Park? Right. They could go scream route and somebody could be making a Jurassic Park movie, dramatic version of the original movie in this world. Great. And Dr. Ellie Sattler is like uh, Dr. James Horner or any um, any of these paleontologists. Dr. Ellie Sattler has gotten a gig consulting on a dinosaur movie that is recreating the original Jurassic Park Perfect. And it's like um it's like Zoe Kazan playing like a young Lord <laughs> Dern, you know, like right, right. But it's like but like the joke is that the movie's like a like a like the B movie version of Jurassic Park where yeah. it's like, you know, her um like the shorts are like cut super low. Like it's just like totally in in Doctor you know, Laura Dern's just like, ugh, like this. This like This is not what we did. Th- yeah, you know, like <laughs> I fucking survived dinosaurs and now I'm like consulting like I said, put feathers on the dinosaurs. And it's like, nobody's listening to me. Chris Evans is Grant. You yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, you could totally do that. I, Actually, I mean, Hemsworth would be a real oh, That would be really hilarious. But again, as far as like, I don't know. I just really like, I, th- I think with Lowry and Jurassic World doing the like finding the original t-shirt, I think you've opened up the universe to think that when people started to find out about the original Jurassic Park incident that yeah. was covered up, I think there's a believable universe where like, I mean, we live in this true crime world where people are adapting stories all the time. Yeah. So I think there'd be a world where like that incident on Isla Nublar, like that is ripe for filmmaking. Right. So, and what else would a pale- paleobotanist be doing? Yeah. In that era. You like, know that there were like YouTubers breaking into yeah, the yeah. old park, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Even with Battle of Big Rock, all those like end scenes and yeah. stuff. Like, I feel like Laura Dern would play that really well. She would. You know, of being kind of like sick of like, you know, Grant's happy to be an astronomer and not go back to the dinosaurs. But mm-hmm. I could see Laura Dern being like, I'm like, like, I 
I can contribute better to this story. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I can be a major player again. Yeah. I don't know. I th- like that idea tickles me so much, but it, <laughs> I just, I just, that feels so, would be so weird. That'd be so like great. for the last movie to yep. be that meta. Just like fold on itself. It would be called like Cretaceous Park. You know? <laughs> right. She's like, the one thing I did was I got the name changed to be more accurate. <laughs> um, okay. Last two things. Blue is pregnant. Great. I kind of think that's believable, though. That's great. I, I see it. People want more raptors. Everyone's sad that there's one raptor left. Yeah. I mean, we love blue. Yeah. I think it'll also give us like a great like view into like the dinosaur reproductive um, sort of like entire cycle. Yeah. Which is, I mean, because you, you learn a little bit about dinosaurs every so often. It's not the most like Doctor Who sit down, let's talk about it. Yeah. But it, that would be a great, I don't know, addition to the character. And I think, and that was suggested by um, Kelly. Uh, oh, I can't remember her name on Twitter. I'll insert it later. But she's the one who suggested it of mm-hmm. like, because my thing like on Twitter, um, this guy, Jurassic James, really mm-hmm. awesome dude, uh, works on the Jurassic Park podcast. He did a Twitter thread of like potential Jurassic World 3 titles because we'll probably get one announced in like June. Sure. It's usually yeah. around June when they announce the titles. And my thing, which Colin favorited this tweet, nice. is I don't think that the Jurassic World 3 title is... And he also confirmed that it's not going to be Jurassic World 3 Extinction or, or Jurassic uh-huh. World Extinction or something. I don't think this franchise is going to end on a negative note with no. all the dinosaurs dying. I think it's going to be hope. And I think what Kelly was suggesting of like Blue being pregnant, like a new birth, like the idea of like hope and life finding a way. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like this to me isn't ridiculous. Because we saw that with oh, like Blue and Owen can be the future of the planet yeah yeah you know yeah um yeah so for me that's a little bit cheating because i kind of feel like that's that <laughs> ridiculous should i race in and move my car really quickly it's oh. 55 i'll just move it and come back hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're back, see Jurassic right listeners. We found parking. We found parking. <laughs> I forgot to mention at the start of the podcast that we have like a fire going. Yeah. We got these Christmas lights still up. It's very cozy. Thank you. We got We're... Penny chilling by the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do like a Cataly Dormir. Something. That's great. There we go. Yeah. Because um, she's like a little ginger. She's, she's, <laughs> speaking of redheads, let's cast Penny Lane. Penny in, would be great. She would be great as as adult Macy. Not Macy's mom, because that's a lie. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to, I mean, what, I, uh, of these possibilities, dual timeline with original Macy. Yeah. Disease wiping out people. 
evil Malcolm, dinosaurs mixed with human DNA slash evolving slash Alan talking. Uh, Ellie is the consultant on a Jurassic Park movie within the Jurassic Park universe. Blue is pregnant. What what to you are kind of the most believe what are or let's sorry let's go with most ridiculous could never happen to most believable you don't have to like literally say all let's of them but like see here um evil ian if we're saying ian's like going out to kill all the dinosaurs yeah i'll put that at most unbelievable okay but still could happen right it would be quite a switch yeah um just because also Ian is more of like a passive character in that sense. True. He's not like the one who's like, I want to create an organization. You're right. <laughs> he gets dragged into adventures. You're right. He's like, I'm not going to fill out. The- you think I'm going to make an LLC? Like, right. This is like, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll say. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He's not a, he's not uh he's not, um, he's not about machinations, you know. Exactly. Um, no, I'm sorry. I said that was the most. No, no, no. Uh, That's the the second most not likely. (laughs) I think that we're never going to get the hybrids. The, the, like, evolving dinosaurs talking? Yeah. Dinosaurs slash humans mixing together in DNA. Yeah. That was a dream, to be fair. But, uh... I mean, we could, and it would be great. But I mean, they are futzing with Dino DNA, obviously. But I think you brought up a good point earlier. That card was on the table, and I feel like they would have played it already. And the concept art that we've seen from it is pretty harrowing. <laughs> it's like uh, half dinos, to... half people. I know it's very. Um, I feel like what are these like? I'm trying to think of some B-rated franchise like the werewolf things from like hunger games you right know, stuff. right it's, like, it's it or like i am legends you know yeah yeah it would be kind of like an i am legend sort of like thing where it was like remember those guys and you're like sure sure <laughs> yeah i yeah it's well and i guess this is a good point to bring out there has been now i mean look we had our jurassic park when we were young yeah it ended kind of the original tri- trilogy quote unquote ended at kind of you know the right time for us high school we moved on to guitars and girls and mm-hmm. yep <laughs> you know michelle branch <laughs> and yeah you thought it was playing guitar and trying to impress girls no we're talking about specifically michelle branch yes exactly playing guitar <laughs> yes our, our love michelle branch um uh you know in in there's no way that this franchise ends with Jurassic World 3. It may, no. it might cap this in a Star Wars saga ending kind of way. Right. But Universal's not giving up. Universal's not giving up Jurassic Never. after Jurassic World 3. They, they literally just fixed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They can't. There's no way. <laughs> What's the deal with ending franchises? <laughs> um, so, you know, those things could be on the table for spinoffs, new series. Sure. And whatever in, and in the future like we might have completely different tastes yeah you know a lot of the stuff that we're doing in star wars now we would we never would have done in the 90s well and all the like um that toy line was it ever a cartoon the like battle dinosaurs with all the laser beams i remember like, those yeah the like like people want it to go full that but it's like but maybe that could be like the next Jurassic trilogy could be set a hundred years and it's dinosaurs in space, you know? And we might be at a place. Oh, like, I didn't, I didn't include that in my outline. Dinosaurs so. in space. That was one of mine, like in crazy, like oddball pitches. Yeah. Um, wait, what, what would be some of your, 
like outlandish Jurassic World three. If we're going super like never in five million years will this happen, dinosaurs versus predator. Ooh. I think I would love to. I would enjoy blue versus predator. Yes, to take oh my down God. predator. Well, uh, I know we. I was having you rank them, but this is actually a perfect time to do number six. To do to do the bonus. Okay, because we're talking about the future of the Jurassic franchise. Yep, past Jurassic World three. We're talking yep. about. Uh, we're talking about kind of the life beyond outlandish elements. We're talking about universal cash cow. We're talking about crossovers. Mm-hmm. What is the other biggest franchise in universal's arsenal? It's fast and furious. Yeah. <laughs> so are you thinking yeah. there's a crossover? You know, you're the blue, you family now. <laughs> Cause think about it because my theory about Jurassic world three that I think is very plausible is that because it's one of those things like it's, I feel like it's that kind of good storytelling thing of like, Blue runs off at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Right. She hasn't seen Owen and Claire since. Mm-hmm. And so something is going to bring Blue back into the fold with right. Owen and Claire. Or Owen and Claire are going to... Maybe they have to rescue Blue or something. Yeah. Because some evil corporation has kidnapped her and is taking her babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... Because what I thought originally... And our friend who's working on it... Uh, she hasn't said it. She refuses to say anything to me. <laughs> I'm like, ah... Uh, Camp Cretaceous is going to be the Netflix uh, DreamWorks animated Jurassic show is yes. going to be set during the events of Jurassic World. But originally I thought, oh, if they're making an animated Jurassic show, you could totally do a Stranger Things style thing where Blue is on her own and then she goes to some small town and then she like makes a raccoon friend and some children and they solve some mysteries together. I love it. Yeah. But also during that time, she could run into Dom and the gang and the family mm-hmm. And she could go on a Fast and Furious style adventure. She could be part of the Fast and the Furious franchise. And then at the end, Dom meets up with Owen and Claire and it's like sets up the events for like, so it's like Avengers style where it's like you have Jurassic Fast and the Furious, you have Blue show up in in Fast and the Furious because they've been upping the ante anyway. Like Chris Elba is kind of like a superhero kind of um, superhuman character in Hobbs and Shaw. So you have these kind of increased sci-fi elements. Right. And then you bring it all together for like an ultimate mashup of Fast and the Furious. Holy and, smokes. But I think you could do it first by introducing like one dinosaur into Fast and the... You know what I mean? I think you can at this point, this is my own opinion here, but you can put anything in Fast and the Furious. True. Because it, it, as long as it's awesome. <laughs> and, it, and it's not just like, oh, do it, and it's like, slop. It's like... I would love to see it. Yeah. You know, yeah, because you could do it. Yeah, you're right. I know, and I really need to do a, a real proper watch of those movies because I've never really... There's Cirque du Soleil with cars. There's... <laughs> Did you say Cirque du Soleil with cars? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Such high art. Um, but that was yeah. that was my that was my bonus outlandish suggestion. But I bet you there's somebody universal who's like begging to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's the one guy... Yeah, you know the one, the one, the one guy, the one woman who's like in charge of like the brand management stuff, and it's like, like every meeting, it's like Fast and the Furious crossover. Yep. and it's like every meeting, everyone looks up and like, do we have to talk about this? Like again? Morgan, we've talked about this so many times, and Morgan's like, I'm gonna keep bringing it up until we do it. Like, well, and then because she's ultimately pushing for minions, but it's like you gotta, you gotta start small. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But yeah, that's my other outlet. But I, I, I feel like as far as like sci-fi universes go, 
they're aesthetically they're kind of like similar the world yeah. of the world of fast and the furious and jurassic aren't too dissimilar it's and, you know yeah. i mean having indiana jones show up in star wars like that you know like or having star trek and star wars mash up or having marvel meet star wars like that feels a little like you're bending too many rules yeah. but i think like aesthetically both fast and the furious and jurassic occupy a, a um a week ahead in the future. Because it's havoc, right? Like a yeah. lot of it is just like crazy catastrophe havoc. If you, here's here's a, here's another, I'm just going to throw one more iron into the fire here. Okay, cool. If you're able to successfully cross Jurassic Park with Fast and the Furious, what's to say you can't additionally add at the very end of that crossover movie, Megatron showing up. <gasps> And being like, I'm putting together a team. <laughs> and we have to go to Cybertron. Right? Blue's like, rrr, rrr. and that's, and here's the thing is like that. If I saw all that coming together, I mean, obviously like as like a Jurassic Park purist, you'd have to be like, this is getting a little off model, <laughs> but from the, from a Transformers or Fast and Furious perspective, I'd be like, Oh, yeah. This was the most perfect choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get Mark Wahlberg to come back yep. as Slade Yeager, Cade Yeager, or whatever his character's mm. name is in the Transformers movies. <laughs> you know, show up with Chris Pratt, uh, Bryce Ellis Howard, and Blue. And then, yeah, and then you have um, Optimus Prime. Yep, you got, you got Dominic Toretto. You Bring know? Jazz back. Yeah, yeah. Justice for Jazz. You got a team. <laughs> Justice for And then... And then, you, yeah, exactly. You've got the family from Fast and Furious, and they have to go. I mean, hey, man, they've teased Fast and Furious in space a lot. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> this is how you do it. Yeah, you're right. The, the, <laughs> it's the, Fast and the Furious space is going to Cybertron. Yep. Oh man. I mean, as far as I mean, as far as lucrative franchises, is that crazier than Infinity War? Is that crazier than Endgame? You know, I mean, like <laughs> you bring up a really good point. I mean, you have a, you have, uh, you know, fantasy and you know with Thor, and you have science with Iron Man, and yep. sort of traditional action hero with Captain America. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, was that more insane than the Vision? You know, fighting <laughs> alongside Black Panther. Yeah, <laughs> true. And you know, you're which right. I, I guess mean, he didn't because he was kind of taken out in uh, <laughs> like Belarus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, we we yeah. get your point. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Lego set somewhere where they're fighting alongside yeah. each other. But yeah, I mean, truly, because I mean, even the technology. I guess, I guess it's because yeah, Jurassic has cloning. You know, mm -hmm. dinosaurs coming back. Transformers has AI. Yeah, sentient robots. Fast and the Furious has cool cars. I mean, you are. I mean, Transformers and Fast and the Furious. I'm they, surprised that they're they not should. together. They're yeah. literally their ride. Like the ride. Well, not, there's not real. Well, there is the Fast and the Furious uh, part of the yeah. studio tour. They're both. Yeah, they're both attractions. Shout out to Emma and Miles. Miles the tour guide. Hashtag <laughs> Miles the tour guide uh, for having to say that thing every <laughs> like. I bet you they must get so sick of that. Like, oh no, it's a warning from the FBI about yeah, yeah. Dom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if you can go, it's true though. I think you could do Transformers and Fast and the Furious first. Yeah. And have that be a separate thing. And then, so yeah, then it's like a culmination. But I, I personally think that you, I think the smart way to do it with Fast and the Furious and Jurassic Park is have Blue show up in Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Because I think, 
then everything else is not as crazy in a way. Honestly, like, I mean, the Transformers thing is like, if we can get it, we can get it. Great. But I really do legitimately think you can put blue in Fast and Furious and it would work. Where it's just so. like they're in downtown Chicago and there's a crazy car chase going on and blue is just like hopping on cars and it's just like running over the bridges, you know, yeah. and and just like, you know, scooping up water taxis and stuff like that. Well, yeah. And maybe it's a thing where because I mean, I haven't seen I haven't really seen the last few Fast and the Furious or I've just seen bits and pieces, but they kind of become like mission heist doing things for the government or for yeah. different organizations. So one of them could be to rescue blue. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, they're like, we have to return blue to, you know, to her people or, you know, yeah. who, who enlisted us, who hired us for this mission. And you just like, it's that thing of like the door opens and it's like rises up from like the boots and it's like Owen and Claire, yep. you know, like, Oh, thank God. Like, thank God you guys rescued her. Like she is so important. You have no idea what we're about to go up against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> credits yeah it's just like come on and then you have a rage against the machine <laughs> song i don't know it's not like the Matrix. that to me was always my favorite thing about the matrix movies was the the end credit songs were so like insane like 2000s hard rock it was just like corn and stuff yeah, yeah. it was like in your face pod <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like movies i'm trying to think of movie like a movie now where like an end credit song is like crazy like that parasite has kind of like a fun pop song kind of thing at the end credits yeah you're right that's not a spoiler, but it's just interesting. Yeah. You know? uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they don't, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other movies that have crazy end credits. Now it's just mostly just cinematic stuff, you know? Yeah. And then it cuts to post credit scene. <laughs> Look, Universal, we're idea machines here. Come on. Just, oh, man. Yeah. It would be so cool. I know it's so bonkers. And I know a lot of people would, like, roll eyes at it. But... In a post-mummy world, in a less cynical post-mummies world where we're just down for fun. Well, and also I would say I would say to to those contrarians out there, I would prefer that over talking dinosaurs evolving, mixing DNA with humans. Yeah. I would prefer that over the battle bot style dinosaur stuff. I would prefer that. Yeah. I would prefer a world where it crossed over with Fast and the Furious. Also, the the difficult stuff was... As weird as that is to say that out loud. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I guess I do prefer that. That never really hit me until I know. But to me, that would feel less ridiculous. Yeah. It'd be more based in like... Again, like you were saying... I mean, again, to, like to your point of like all the cards are on the table, these feel like less tired cards, you know? Yes. Because we... we um, uh, Chris Bermonte and Luce Tomlin Brenner and Brenna and I for Halloween this year we watched Carnosaur 2 mm-hmm. which was basically just aliens with dinosaurs yep. but it just is like so tired yeah as a concept the the even though I just saw Underwater and I kind of in, I did enjoy it for it being kind of an alien clone as people have been saying but like I don't know I feel like the evolving human stuff is just it's just it, we we've gone down that route before and it mm-hmm. feels just not it, it's it's the what do the kids say it's tired yeah tired is uh humans and dinosaurs mixing dna wired is fast and the furious, <laughs> cross the furious over, cross over, yeah. <laughs> um okay yeah so w- what else is on your uh as far as like ridiculous or i guess what to use the most plausible because i feel like we kind of got the most ridiculous but the most plausible i think you know Interestingly enough, I think that it would just 
hit on stuff that Sattler set up in Jurassic Park is if we got the disease. The disease stuff, yeah. And it would just... True, yeah, it would go back to kind of that stuff. And we wouldn't have to worry so much about it being the dinosaurs themselves are the threats. That's a good point, you're you know? right. Yeah, it's not so much... Because one thing Colin has said... But again, that was like right when Fallen Kingdom came out. And I feel like a lot of the PR talk, you can't mm-hmm. really... I mean, John Harrison is not con. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, literally, you lied. Yeah. It was literally a lie. Um, Colin mentioned something about like moving away from like militarized dinosaur stuff. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but like... And that was even before they had written a script, you know. But you're right. Like, having a disease or having something like that beyond the realm of traditional villainry, I think, could make it for an yeah. interesting movie. Because also, w- like, that stuff happens with, like, biologists where it's like, you <laughs> We're know, in the midst of the coronavirus. <laughs> right. Yeah. That stuff is, like, so crazy and interesting. And if you have to get, like, dinosaurs to, like, you know, you're working on a cure and you have to, like, work with them to get them in the lab and stuff like that and behave... And what if it's maybe something where now we're going into plausible stuff or things that I think could be possible. I think Blue and Macy are like special and, you know, I think it's something that whatever happens to it, I think with this idea, I think Blue and Macy are like the key. Like right. the, those two characters are going to be important to, they're going to be the central reason. They're like going to be the, not MacGuffin, but like they're going to be the central. Th- I think their story is going to be the thrust of the narrative. Yeah. I think like Rexy might show up at some point in the movie, but she, I, I think Rexy at this point is, is like um, the equivalent of like Jeff Goldblum in Fallen Kingdom. You know right, what I mean? Like right. just like a side character that shows up for like a scene or two. Cause uh, yeah. And I think we've hit like the um, Rise of Skywalker sort of like we've, previously satisfied so much of like Rexy is the Lando of this right, of right. this new trilogy <laughs> pulls off a mask from another dinosaur and is like hey <laughs> I heard you're on this planet yeah um, we've we I feel like we hit all the points that we needed to hit so the third film can just play and sort of be its own thing yeah I I hope so I feel like because I as like in you both like we both like you know, that's like, I was just talking to somebody about like, I genuinely loved Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I have to qualify it as a Jurassic Park fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Jurassic World, I kind of had to like, I was working through my own stuff, which I feel like a lot of people are. Yeah. I think that's why Rise of, the Rise of Skywalker is so hard because like, it's the first movie, it's one of the first like blockbusters where I walked out of like not liking it the first time, mm-hmm. which is really weird for me because I'm usually somebody that's like, I yeah, love everything I see right. the first time. I'm like riding high on that fun experience. Yeah. So I, for me, it's like, <laughs> I'm in a weird position where like I wasn't disappointed to, so now that I get to be hopeful for the new thing, like I love the last one. Mm-hmm. So now it's like how, what, like, I'm not going into Jurassic World 3 like hoping it makes up for something that was, you know, because if, right. if people didn't like The Last Jedi, it's like, well, The Rise of Skywalker, was, that was like where all your hopes lay. Exactly. Lie, lay, whatever. But um, for me, Fallen Kingdom, it's like, oh, I love that. Like, I know a lot. Of, I know there is a big contingent of the Jurassic community that doesn't like Fallen Kingdom. But so it's like for them, Jurassic World 3 is like, it's it's their new hope. This could be the return to form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. well, yeah, because Colin's directing again. Right. So for me, it's very different, though, because it's like. No, I love Fallen Kingdom. Like it couldn't get any better than that. But right. I, yeah, I it to me truly like even though I just said that, uh, in a way like my excitement for Jurassic World three isn't based in kind of a hope 
situation. Yeah. I really like Fallen Kingdom. I would still say, though, that as far as like making me excited for Jurassic World 3. Yeah. Having having them say that Ellie Sattler is returning in a major way has gotten me like juiced for it more than anything else. Yes. Juiced. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. This has been so much fun. Omar. I'm so glad we got to sit. And it's been a while since we've sat and chat. Jurassic. Yeah. Um, but in general, are you, I mean, are you, oh, in general, are you looking forward to this? I mean, a hundred percent. Cause I also feel like we've closed out. I mean, for me, like that, the book on Marvel has closed <laughs> in terms of end game where I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm going to need to take like a little while emotionally to, before I rev back up for any big event movies with, uh, with Marvel stuff. Yeah. And then star Wars, of course, just closed out. And so it's a thing where it's like, I'm glad I'm happy to look forward to a franchise movie that I don't think is like the be all end all of everything. True. And Jurassic Park does such a great job of that, you know, where I feel like there was Jurassic Park keeps, it's like there's the Godfather Jurassic Park <laughs> movie that came out, you know, in the nineties and everything from that has been this sort of like daisy pedal where it's like, we're going to go in a slightly different direction and then try to meet back up at the end. Yeah. And that just allows like, we get so many of them that we get to just, sort of enjoy it in the same way that star wars tv gets to do whatever it wants true yeah you know, that's a good without point. it being like hold on <laughs> yeah you're telling me mandalorians do what you know like no one's like they're just like yeah let's go on this fun little western you know samurai mando adventure yeah, for a yeah, bit. Yeah. um this like lone wolf and cub thing so i'm yeah i'm just i'm only excited because it's it's gonna be characters that we really got to showcase and enjoy in fallen kingdom it's going to be old characters that we love and haven't seen in a long time. I feel like also... Oh, Penny Lane just sat, just yeah. came to sat on your lap. You agree with me? And you're so warm from the fireplace. <laughs> I also feel like it's this is a great time to bring Sattler back. I feel like before... I agree, Penny Lane. Yep. You have anything to say? Yep. Women there do inherit go. the earth. There you go. You see it? There you go. Give me a kiss. Oh. I feel like we... Like, I don't know, like uh, Mr. Sunday Movies and The Weekly Planet. Um, I think it was on The Weekly Planet they were chatting about it, but maybe it was turned into a video for Mr. Sunday Movies. But they were talking about how just make everyone gay in Star Wars. <laughs> or maybe not everyone. In terms of, Maybe I'm just oh, no, I'm in their bad. language. But they're, they're just like, no, but you can do it now. Like, yeah, I know yeah. that you think that you can't because you're a studio and you're like, but people are scared of gay characters, but we're not. So you yeah. don't have to give us just a kiss. You can give us gay characters. Like, yeah. we want gay characters. Yeah. Do it. And, like, just do it. Like, make the characters gay. Like, stop it. Like, <laughs> we want gay characters. And I, I feel that way with, like, Sattler was such a great character and such this, like, amazing North Star for so many of us that Hollywood, like, grappled with, like, afterwards. And they were just like, but how do we do a female character and you're well, like women in their 40s yeah. you know all that and stuff like, where it's like we're so it's like icky you know <laughs> yeah but i mean that's why last jedi was so great because it had so many older female characters that were right. really really cool and fun and interesting and it wasn't like this thing where it's like oh god a woman's over 40 she has to be a certain way it's like no right. you could have your hippie holdo you know wisecracking leia mm -hmm. the um i can't remember her name but she's like the first in command who she's the one that like you know is that to tell Chewie and everyone that Leia died yes in, yeah in Rise of Skywalker it's like you know 
I mean, in a weird way, like the diversity of dinosaurs in Fallen Kingdom, I last Jedi I had a diversity of female characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, also like young and spry, Kelly Marie Tran, and yeah. hopeful and optimistic, and kind of like um, dutifully serious, like Billy Lord's character. Yeah. And, like, um, and of course, Ray, we're following through. Well, yeah, yeah, right? Ray is like well, the linchpin. And, and so. Like, it's like all these characters. It is the thing where, like, you like. I feel like there's so many times, and we completely agree with you, Penny. That like, you you get this like you hear like some sometimes like studio notes or whatever. It's just like, uh, you know, is this character great? And you're just like, now there's enough fervor for at least the cycle of it, where it's like, shut up. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, <laughs> again, <laughs> why are you struggling with this? Yeah, because yeah. You, because you one person are struggling with this, and you went to 4chan. Like, you think that, like, <laughs> that's, like, the culture, which yeah, it's not. Yeah, well, and again, it's like, I mean, it's it's been a Laura Dern's world for a while, but, like, you know, it, it's just, it, I just don't think she would return to Jurassic World if the role wasn't I completely up agree. to snuff. If, yeah. I mean, after doing Admiral Holdo, Marmy March, I, I don't know her character's name in Marriage Story, but like, you know, Big Little Lies, like, yeah. why would she do Jurassic World 3? It's, you know, like, Gillian Anderson only did X-Files because Chris Carter needed a favor. And right. he, he has like weird photos or like, he has some <laughs> sort of blackmail on uh, her on David Duchovny because they did not need to do X-Files again. Right. And those new seasons were garbage. But like, I feel like Laura Dern, it's like she could do anything she wants and does anything she wants. Yeah. So like, I just think that they must have really cracked that nut of like whatever it takes to get Ellie Sattler back. Yeah. And I feel like it's just... We, I, I, and this is, and this is me being optimistic. Of course, I'm gonna knock on some wood here. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting a lot of hope into this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, I want to see, like, I want to see Sattler. You know, yeah. I don't want like a watered down like version of what Sattler's character is. Well, like, yeah. you know, well, yeah, because I think that's why people were just dis- some people were disappointed. I keep being like, these people were disappointed. I'm just like, just in general, the temperature, and you know, I understand why. People were, I mean, I feel like I was also a little, additionally left a little cold by Malcolm back in Fallen Kingdom. Right. Because he didn't come back functionally as a character. Right. He wasn't a character in that movie. He he was there to sort of espouse an idea. Mm-hmm. Again, like, to me, he's like, I mean, in, in the ending is beautiful. Having his words over this montage, yeah. like, is one of the, the other most beautiful moments in Jurassic. Uh, but, you know, it, it's like he wasn't a character. Right. You know, and so... I, that's why I feel a little bit more excited for yeah. Laura Dern coming back because it's, it has to be a character. It can't yeah. be a, she can't just show up and be like, you never had control. That's the illusion. And right. like, Claire and Owen are like, okay. okay. You know? <laughs> Blue's like, hmm? you know? Yeah. We'd need, cause also women inherit the earth. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Take like, that ugh. government ET, you know, <laughs> villains. Yeah. Um, I also just think we, n- we need Sattler. Like, we need that character. It's just, like, a great example. Like, we just... We... So much of my logic comes from movies I've watched in my in real life. Yeah. Where I'm like, who, you know, I... Talking about Marvel or whatever, so many times I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the right thing to do? I think about a lot of the MCU characters. Yeah. And just like, all right, I'm going to try to, like, emulate what they do. Or Frozen 2 just came out. There's some great songs in that about just <sighs> trying to do the right thing. Love Frozen 2. You know? And... It's, Justice for Olaf? No. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> no matter what, sure, why not? For Yeah, anything to do with any campaign behind Olaf, let's get behind it. I really do think that, like, if 
if it is like a power and I don't know exactly what I want, but if there's something that they can figure out that I just need to hear from Sattler Ooh, as like that. a human being, I'll be very happy. I'll be very happy to see Sattler in general, but there is the chance and I don't overhype it and do all this like, you know, Look, now's the magic time to do this. That's true. That's why, yeah, yeah, that's that's why true. we did this. Let's rev like, up the engines. Why, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, rev those, um, there's I don't a, know what the car is. And there's a huge chance that Sattler is like, uh, you know, possibly the MVP of the humans when it comes to Jurassic Park. Yeah. In terms of like the stuff that she brings and the scenes that she carries, you know, that's just her. Um, I would love to see the Sattler scenes I didn't realize I needed. That's beautiful. I really love that. <laughs> do you think Karen and this, this is such a reductive question. It's like after that, I'm like, do you think Alan and Ellie are going to get yeah, back yeah, together? Yeah. But that's the question all the 90s kids are asking. I know. That's the fanship, you know. I would love if they're friends and it's like not the way that people who don't know like divorce super well, right? Divorce. Where mm. it's like, you know, like the like Christmas movie divorce. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but I mean, to your point, it's like, if they're not together, like I would almost prefer them not being together in a way that if it's what we need. Yes. In that way. It's like just to have them be together, just to be together. I don't, I, and I've said this before on a couple podcasts, but again, it's one of those things I'm trying to manifest. Like I need to know what Emily and Colin think of Jurassic Park three, mm-hmm. where that movie ended, where those characters left off. Cause I yeah. think it's really going to define who they are when we come back from, from, all that time because yeah. that was the last time we saw them so it's yeah. like how did they interpret the ending of Jurassic Park 3 and it could be it yeah that's so true it could be like a horrible you know like a, a, a you know Luke on the island thing <laughs> sure um, but it, it would be nice I saw someone post something on Twitter the other day that was just like and I don't agree with the body of I think some of it was like let me do let me fix your stories but it was like why are we scared of like happy endings and I, I, I mean, we went to film school. We went to film theory school. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of reasons why right now we're just like, there's a giant powerful force in the universe that's destroying everything that we hold dear. <laughs> and so we can't have happy endings right now, but we'll yeah, like yeah. make do with trying to protect the future generations. Yeah. But if we're coming out of that a little bit and if they are happy together in whatever capacity that entails... That'd be nice. Yeah. Like they could be like very like, again, twister. Like they could be like at each other's throats, you know, like arguing and being like, you know, snippy against each other. But boy, howdy, wouldn't it be nice if they're just, they show up and it's like, oh, mom and dad are here to help us out. Yeah. They're you're not right. necessarily together, but you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Make, make a choice. I think yeah. is what we're, is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, that's really great. Uh, I agree with you. Hundred percent. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Glad to hear that. Um, and then, I'll just the last thing I was like, what kind of, what kind of dinosaurs? You know, are you are you hoping that they kind of just is it the like culmination or, or is there something you're hoping for new? Or oh man, what a great question! What I, a great question! You know, because the the hard part with every Jurassic film is, do you focus on the ones that we've already shown, or right. do you showcase new ones? And I feel like. You know, I I think Fallen Kingdom is great because it it was the first Jurassic movie for for like dinosaur nerds where mm-hmm. it's like oh we can have two of the same type of dinosaurs. Not each one doesn't have to occupy its own silhouette. It's yes. like we can have two Ceratopsians, we can have four or five theropods. Yeah, you know, Baryonyx, Allosaurus, uh, Carnotaurus. Like mm-hmm. we can have Apatosaurus and Brachiosaurus. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you know, so. I mean, dinosaurs are spreading across the world. I mean, it feels like the possibilities are endless. 
it here's here's how I'll I suppose approach this because if I sat with this question for a bit, I bet you I could just populate a list of like 100 <laughs> dinosaurs I'd love to see. If we see dinosaurs in the context of, this is going to sound like very like sort of back in my day, like nostalgia, you know, <laughs> addiction or whatever. Um, but if we, there's something about the way that dinosaurs were presented in like the late 80s and 90s that's like this weird like, crackling like natural history museum vibe you know and we no longer you know we live in the future where it's like we can have holograms and stuff like that you know and i don't mean just in jurassic world i mean just in you know in here too you know (laughs) yeah yeah. you know we can do stuff where it's at you know plates of glass and we can like show stuff and project onto skeletons and things like that But I wouldn't mind if we see, even if we don't see them participating, if we see a bunch of dinosaurs in that aesthetic and it's not like a throwback aesthetic of like, do you get it? It's like this old thing we used to do, but more of like, it's now, we're, we're doing it now in the same way that like when people are dressing in like 90s fashion, it's like, this doesn't have to be a throwback fashion. This just looks cool. Like you <laughs> we, just live in Silver Lake. We could, <laughs> you know? we could have a kid at the Natural History Museum, but then turns around and sees a real dinosaur and it's like, mommy, mommy. And they're like, right. I don't get the hype. It's just bones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's what I would love. I would, yeah, I would love if it's kind of like, it just kind of comes full circle in a fun way. Mm. And we get like, you know, not like a Godzilla trailer where, you know, Godzilla's foot crushes, a, you know, the T-Rex. Yeah, there. yeah. But something like that would be so funny, right? Where it's like yeah, the yeah. Natural History Museums. And they did a great job in Fallen Kingdom of like, here's like the displays in like a small yeah, Natural I, History Museum. Yeah, but, that that was the thing that brought in an element of dinosaurs that they hadn't represented before. Like ex- the Natural I, History Museum vibe. Exactly. And I think that that's like a kind of thing where like just the weird, I mean, I'm looking at the mug right now. Like that <laughs> yeah, kinda, we both have dinosaur mugs. Not to be totally <laughs> unsubtle, but... but like, like, you know, like the panorama, like, you remember those panoramas that were like real big in the yeah, 90s yeah. where it was like you'd walk into a room and like almost all around you, they had painted like a thing. Or yeah, yeah. The the creepy train attraction in Disneyland that no yeah. one ever talks about. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the dinosaur stuff. I yeah. would just love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just to just to be an appreciation of how we showcase and envision dinosaurs. If there's a way we can stamp, put that in somewhere in the same way that there's that one shot in. Uh, Star Trek 2 where it goes along all the spaceships. Oh, yeah, yeah. That have ever, right? Is that in is, Star Trek 2 or, or is, is that, that Interstellar? It might be in Beyond, actually. Didn't they show like a model it of tracks one of the ships? from like the glider, which I have an issue with. That's fine. <laughs> the Wright Brothers stole from John Montgomery. You can look it up. But um, <laughs> you, they track from the glider that was stolen from John Montgomery all the way up to the Enterprise. Oh, wow. That, you know, if we did something where like this is like a love letter to people who write love letters to dinosaurs. Well, yeah. Honoring the <laughs> legacy of the representation of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would exactly. Be cool. Because Ooh, now, because now we have it, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, now they're here and it's not like we're putting them in zoos. So it's not like, here's what zoos look like. True. If we could just be like, here's a picture, like you're saying like a picture book of dinosaurs. And it's like the funny, like watercolor drawings that we used to look at in the nineties and you look up and it looks nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, this is the, this opportunity to put feathers, you know, I would love some feathers. Give us some feathers, Colin. Give us some feathers. I know you Give have some feathers, to... Emily. I know you're into it. I know there's a couple dinosaurs that you'd be like, this would kind of bite us in the butts with our designs. But just give us a couple. Just a couple. Yeah. The Antarctica exhibit. Yeah. From the Natural History Museum. Of Cryolophosaurus. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Throw us some of those. Give us the Cryolophosaurus. Yeah. 
That's what we're saying. Uh, thank you so much, Omar. Thank you for having me. Of course, this is a blast. Um, where can people find you, follow you, check out your work? All uh, you stuff. can find me at Omar Najam on Twitter, uh, where Stephen and I interact a bunch <laughs> about random yeah. goofy stuff, as well as Omar Najam Film on Instagram. And I am also the co-host of Popular Music, a, po- a podcast about pop music Yeah, with uh, co-host Annalise Nelson. So yes. feel free to check all those things out. I think that's it, because I'm busy at work, so I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> 13 Days, 13 Shorts, if you want to see old entries. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Sweet. Awesome. That's pretty much it. Yay. Thanks so much for listening. You can find Omar online at Omar Najam and at Omar Najam film on Instagram. Uh, Yeah. At Omar Najam on Twitter, at Omar Najam on Instagram. And you can listen to him every week at popular music, the podcast at pop music, uh, at pop music podcast on socials. All right. This month's question, since Laura Dern is coming back, you know, returning to the role of Dr. Ellie Sattler, in a starring role, you know, major, not a cameo, as I keep saying, uh, in Jurassic World 3, what are you hoping to see? Where do you want them to take the character? Where do you think she has been since Jurassic Park 3? Let me know by calling 323-688-6969, emailing me at cjurassicred at gmail.com, or just commenting on any of the socials. As always, follow C Jurassic Right on Instagram at C Jurassic Right, at Twitter at SJRPod, join the Facebook group at the C Jurassic Right Podcast, and follow me at Stephen Ray Morris. And I wanted to thank everyone again for coming to the Sea Jurassic Right Trivia Night, the second trivia night. And this time it had bingo and dinosaur contests and stuff like that. Thank you to Tara Jane and everyone at Idle Hour. Oh, we raised nearly $600 for Santador Cat Rescue. It was so much fun. So many people came out. Uh, let me know if you want me to do trivia, Jurassic trivia in your city. Uh, and yeah, I'm super excited. We're gonna. I recorded the night, so I'm probably gonna play snippets of it. I don't know if I would play the whole thing, uh, but it was it was such a blast, such a great time. You can check out again pics from the night on socials. So I'm super excited. A lot of great stuff coming, and I'll see you next week. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.